With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Kevin Durant trade saga may be over, but I highly doubt that the Kevin Durant drama is over in Brooklyn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ray Sports Rant. On today's episode, we're going to deep dive Kevin Durant opting to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. As always, we're going to look around the sports media and see what they're saying about it and then uh, finish off with my thoughts. I've actually got four clips for you today. I'm going to start with Shams Charnia, who did a spot on the Rich Eisen show, and he really breaks down the nuts and bolts of why Durant decided to stay with Brooklyn. Then we're going to listen to what Shannon Sharp had to say, and he believes that Kevin Durant ruined his reputation. Skip Bayless responded because, well, he's Skip Bayless. He's not blaming Kevin Durant for this whole situation. He's blaming Kyrie Irving. And then Stephen A. Smith took a bit of a different twist on this, and he talked about Nets ownership. And he talked about the Nets ownership needing to not trade Kevin Durant in balancing the player team power. And I mean, essentially making positions like coaching and general manager have some sort of relevancy in the NBA and that a lot of owners are apparently praising the Nets ownership. So we'll listen to that. And then after we hear what uh, all the pundits had to say, I will become a pundit myself for Ray's useless rant. And I will give my opinion on the entire Kevin Durant saga. And uh, so let's start here with this first clip. And it comes from Shams Charnia from The Athletic, who joined the Rich Eisen show and laid out what Durant and the Nets decided to, why Durant, why, sorry, Durant and the Nets decided to continue their partnership. Uh, Essentially, there was no trade to be had. The best deal came via the Boston Celtics, but Brooklyn's asking price was too high. Kevin Durant and the Nets came to the realization that a trade wasn't going to be made. And, well, Durant had a decision to make. He either choosing not to play or to sit out and Durant will play for the Nets this season. So uh, here's that clip and uh, I'll be back in just a sec. What happened, man? How, how did this genie get put back in the bottle? I, I think a lot of it, Rich, was just the realization from Kevin Durant and the Nets really that there was not going to be a trade at the end of the day, at the end of the day that was going to happen. And so at that point, Kevin Durant was going to be faced with a decision coming up because training camp is just a month away. And if there's no deal, Kevin Durant's going to be faced with the decision. Do I show up in a disgruntled state of mind, kind of pull a Jimmy Butler, James Harden that we've seen over the last two, three years, or is it going to be one of those things where you have a holdout situation, you know, the likes of Ben Simmons just a year ago. And I don't think Kevin, Kevin, this side has already gotten ugly as, as it is. I mean, it's already gotten personal in terms of the trade request itself was personal and then the ultimatum that was given to Joe Sy a, a few weeks ago was personal. And just going down that path, clearly it just wasn't going to be something that either side wanted to stomach. And so it was really just a realization and the eye-opening experience that a deal wasn't going to happen. The best offer I'm told that the Nets had on the table was from the Celtics, Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick. And the, the price tag that the Nets had put forth on Kevin Durant and you know, you, you could say that they might have been even asking for something that they know was never going to be attainable anyway, right? But at the end of the day, when you have a guy that's a 12-time All-Star, two-time Finals MVP, you know, going to go down in the Hall of Fame, one of the top 15, you know, 12, 20 
best players ever, you, you have a high asking price. And that price was never going to be met. And I think both sides understood that this is the best opportunity to win a championship. And, Rich, I thought once the season ended, once the Nets were swept on April 23rd, that's when this meeting should have taken place because mm-hmm. there were a lot of you know grievances. There were a lot of feelings on both ends that needed to be aired out and, you know, better late than never, uh, you know, but this should have been done months ago. It finally happens now. And um, I, I think they, they both sides came to the realization that we need each other. And, and, and at this point, it's, there's going to be pressure when you go into this next season, but they needed to move past this because the deal just was not going to happen. Interesting, interesting take there by Shams, and I'll give my opinion on that in just a second, but we're going to move on because Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp weighed in on the whole mess, and Shannon Sharp took the side uh, a lot of NBA fans have. Sharp believes that the entire situation is a bad look for Kevin Durant. Shannon Sharp also questioned what team would want to make a move for Durant, knowing that he could just demand a trade the following season. And then Skip Bayless, well, he blamed Kyrie Irving. Bayless believes that Durant's lifelong friend poisoned the entire Nets organization, and that's why Durant wanted out. So let's start with Shannon Sharp. I'll come back, and then we'll play Skip Bayless for you. I think it hurts a lot. And Skip, the one thing I've been crystal clear on is because of KD's unpredictability, teams were going to be unwilling to blow up their young roster. Here it is on June 30th. He requested a trade. Here we are on August 22nd. He said, nah, I'm good. We'll make it work. So let me get this. So let me get this straight, Skip. On August 30th, I mean June 30th, you demand a trade. Then about a month and a half, a month, a little over a month later, you demand that the head coach and the general manager get fired. Or that was one of the conditions that you were willing to state. And now here we are a week after you said either them or me, you're like, okay, let's make it work. And if that was, it was that unpredictability. Let's just say for the sake of argument, and we're doing this for the sake of argument, Skip, they trade Jason Tatum. They trade a Jalen Brown, the Boston Celtic dude, to Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant. And he changes his mind after one year. Now what? Or you go to Sacramento and you get a Sabonis or you get a De'Aaron Fox or you go to any team and you get their one or two, first and second best player. And then after a year, Kevin Durant is unhappy. Kevin Durant is unpredictable because, as I said it before, he was in Golden State winning championship after championship, finals MVP after finals MVP, and he wasn't happy. If he wasn't happy with winning, where in the else hell else can he go and be happy? So guess what? He treks he tracks down to Brooklyn on a team that he helped assemble, the head coach, and when it didn't go the way he thought it would, he was willing to bail. This is a horrible look for him, Skip. Although it did not, excuse me, it would have been a worse look had he been able to get follow through and get traded. It would have been an all-time worse look, but this is a bad look because it tells you about Kevin Durant when things don't go his way or he's not winning to the clip that he thinks he's looking to make a, make a move. And so, Skip, this was an, on my scale. This was a nine for me. This was an all, this is a bad look, and this is gonna he's he's gonna have to wear this one. Now he can get on there, and, and we, I don't think we're gonna talk about it, and go back and forth with Pat Bev, and go back and forth with this one. But it makes him look bad. It makes him look unhappy. It makes him look unpredictable. It makes him look uncertain 
because as Wind Horse is reporting, they didn't even know why he wanted to be traded. Hell, Kevin Durant didn't know why he wanted to be traded. He woke up one morning and says, I want out. And then he woke up uh, uh, a month and a half, almost two months later, says, nah, I'm good. We can make it work. So for me, Skip, this is an all-time bad move. But Kevin Durant, bro, you got to find peace, man. Go. I, I don't know what's going on with you in your life, but you got to find peace, bro. So I think what Shannon Sharp had to say made total sense. Again, I will get more into that at the end for Ray Zeus's rant. But now I need to turn it over and I need you to hear what Skip Bayless had to say because I always expect ridiculousness to come out of Skip Bayless's mouth. And I'm not opposed to pundits. I do believe, as you all know, I think that there's a too much manufactured debate in American media. And I believe that there can be a combination of the Canadian vanilla way of covering media and that debate. However, Skip Bayless, for reasons I don't understand, uh, blamed Kyrie Irving for the whole mess. And I really like Shannon Sharp calls him out at the end. So take a listen and I'll be back at the end of that clip. Okay. First of all, to your final point, it was crystal clear to me. It was as clear as broken glass <laughs> why Kevin Durant demanded a trade because he had fallen completely apart with his lifelong best friend, Kyrie Irving. He thought that Kyrie had betrayed him last year, which Kyrie did betray him last year, sold out that team, destroyed the psyche of that team. And Kevin just said, get me out from under Kyrie Irving, who had opted back in for his $36.7 million for one year to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. So that, that's, that's obvious to me. The rest of this is murky to me because I'm going to disqualify myself up front Mr. Sharp, I still love Kevin Durant as a player. You know I do. I still believe he's the best player on the planet. Mm -hmm. He put up best player on the planet numbers during the regular season last year in spite of Kyrie Irving, in spite of James Harden quitting his way out of Brooklyn to get to Philadelphia, in spite of Ben Simmons coming to Brooklyn and not being capable of playing either physically or psychologically. In spite of all that, he showed me once again he was the best player on the planet, and I realized he came up ridiculously, absurdly, indefensibly small yeah. in those four games against Boston. I did not try to defend it one ounce, but it was a half-hearted performance by Kevin. His heart was not in it. I don't think anybody's well, heart it. was in it. What's that? Well, you should, hold on, knowing the Skip Bayless that I've known, that I've watched all these years, that I've been a partner of for the last six years, you crush guys for lighthearted effort. You, you, you crush guys for half-hearted effort, for bull job performances. And now you're going to give him a pass because uh, of Kyrie? Kyrie, I don't have yeah. anything to do with your play. That's what you can control. There are things I control what I can control. My effort, my play. Kevin Durant can control that. He can't control how Kyrie behaves. So, no, I'm not going to let you do that. I need you to give that energy like you would give anybody else. If Aaron Rodgers gave a half-hearted effort, if LeBron James gave a half-hearted effort, if any other quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, gave a half-hearted effort, I need you to give that energy to Kevin Durant to let me know that Skip Bayless is as objective as I know he to be. So like I said, when I kind of introduced that clip, I'm never usually shocked by things that Skip Bayless says because Skip Bayless just talks for the sake of talking. However, that just blew my mind.
absolutely turning around and blaming Kyrie Irving for Kevin Durant. But I'm going to hold back because I'm going to wait until it's my turn to speak on Ray's useless rant at the end of this episode uh, to give my opinion. So let me just set this up for you. Stephen A. Smith brought up an interesting point on first take today. He said the Nets not giving in to Durant's trade request kept the balance of power in the NBA. And had Brooklyn made the trade, it would have told all NBA players that their contracts are essentially worthless. If the Nets fired head coach Steve Nash and general manager Sean Marks, what power would either position have? So take a listen. And uh, on the flip side, we'll get into Ray's useless rant. You can sit up there and be the biggest headache in the world. Owners and executives in the NBA will get over it if you show up and play. You show up and play and you ball and the results follow you, they'll tolerate a lot. The one thing you can't tolerate, this is one of those rare situations, doggy, and Wendy knows this. It doesn't have to be collusion. It's actually one of those situations. You don't have to collude. How can you be receptive to paying dudes who don't want to play? How can you be receptive to paying dues? How are you going to sign a... You knew you signed a contract extension for four years at $198 million. And before one day of that contract was honored, you asked out. How can you be supportive of that? You don't need to collude with other owners to r- rally together in terms of your mindset and say enough of this. And I can't tell you... And, Wendy, listen... I'm beyond the days where I got to be on that beat the way Wendy does, so I'm happily going to refer to my buddy right there because he does a great job covering the NBA, and he does a hell of a job, and he knows what he's talking about. But he knows I'm right when I say this. I have never seen owners this gung-ho. I mean, they're tired of it. What, what, What has happened in Brooklyn alone is enough to have set NBA players back decades that's the kind of damage that this nonsense that was going on has done so to let them get away with it this time it could not happen it could not happen because if it did it would have changed the course of empowerment forever empowerment people don't have a problem with doggy entitlement is what they have an issue with yeah that was the confusion and that's why Josiah took this position Because every owner that I know, unsolicited, has said kudos to him. And they mean it. All right, it is now time for Ray's Useless Rant here on Ray's Sports Rant Podcast. And we're asking that question, did Kevin Durant tarnish his reputation by asking for a trade from the Brooklyn Nets? And I'm going to start with saying yes. And for a whole lot of different reasons, but let's get into it. Let's start with why he wasn't traded. I agree with what a lot of the professionals and what a lot of the pundits have been saying. The asking price from Brooklyn was way too high. And I don't believe that teams felt comfortable investing young assets or investing draft picks into Kevin Durant, knowing that they could give all of this up and it would be a one year deal because Kevin Durant would prove that he's not happy and want to go somewhere the next season. Uh, When I heard what Shannon Sharp had to say about it, it actually, it read, designated to me. I agreed with it a thousand percent. He said he wasn't happy in Golden State. He wasn't happy with winning championships. So then he goes to De- or to Brooklyn. He goes to Brooklyn and builds the team he wants around him. Kyrie Irving's there. They bring in James Harden. He's not happy. He wants out again. Then he says, fire the coach, fire the GM. 
you know, it's almost like walking drama when it comes to Kevin Durant. So the asking price is too high. People don't feel comfortable. And I relate it back to the Toronto Raptors. I'm from Toronto. I cover the Raptors for the Dean Blundell Network. I cover, cover Toronto sports, I should say. And I'm not just a Raptors reporter. But I cover the Raptors for the Dean Blundell Network. And it, it wouldn't have worked for the Raptors for a lot of different reasons. I was having a chat just off air with Adam Armbreich from Locked On Nets. And, you know, we kind of asked him, hey, man, like, when's Durant coming to Toronto? And he said, hey, are you willing to give up Scotty Barnes? I was like, no. Actually, I said, fuck no, because I was not giving up Scotty Barnes. He's like, well, that's probably what it's going to take to bring Kevin Durant to Toronto. And then we talked about other packages. We talked about like a combination of Pascal Siakam, OG, and some draft picks. But when I heard Shannon Sharp talk about like, why are you going to give up those type of assets? Not necessarily the ones I was just talking about, but in general, why are you going to give up those kind of assets when this could be a one-year deal for Kevin Durant and he wants out the next year? When the Raptors have a core of players... I kind of had to agree with them. And like, I've heard people talk about Kevin Durant and say that it's tarnished his legacy. It hasn't tarnished his legacy at all. The guy's a hall of famer. I think he's going to go down as one of the best of all time. He's got at least one of the smoothest shots of all time. He can come up in the clutch when it matters, Uh, but it's definitely ruined his reputation for the reasons I talked about just a second ago when I talked about how it ruined his reputation that people don't trust him. When a guy like Kevin Durant goes on the market, you'd think that teams would be lined up around the block to trade for him. It wouldn't matter what his salary was. I remember when the Raptors brought in Kawhi Leonard. It brought us all, brought them all the way to a championship. It, it ignited the city of Toronto. I think Toronto fans would have been thrilled to have Kevin Durant get back to the promised land, have one of the best players in the NBA. But at what cost? We've played this game. We played this game with Kawhi. One and done. We lost DeMar Rosen. DeMar Rosen was a true Toronto Raptor, a guy who wanted to be here. And I think there's a lot of other teams that look at it like that way. They would have given up assets that they really can't afford to give up for what? A one-year deal. And so I think that Durant hurt his reputation and nobody wanted to bring on that baggage. The baggage actually outweighed the talent. And when you listen to what Skip Bayless has to say, Skip Bayless blaming Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving for Kevin Durant's decisions. Get out of here. This is all on Kevin Durant. He has a history of doing it. Left Golden State because he doesn't want to win championships. Not happy in Brooklyn after helping assemble the team. Then he didn't want the coach, didn't want the GM. Kevin Durant and his party made a lot of demands. Well, now he's back in Brooklyn and nothing happened. The balance of power, as Stephen A. Smith said. The Nets' ownership showed that they're not going to give in to the players and keep that balance of power, not give 100% power to the players. Make the contracts worth something. Kevin Durant's probably better off in Brooklyn. And based on what everything we just heard, it doesn't sound like anybody was interested anyways. And that's all we got for you tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for listening to Ray's Sports Rant. Download the Ray Sports Rant podcast daily and stay up to date with everything going on in the world of sports, at least the good stories, because every news outlet on the planet covers the important stories. 
But what what stories do the fans want? What story are the fans talking about? Well, the fans have been talking about Kevin Durant, and that's why we talked about Kevin Durant. Ray Sports Rants isn't about the headlines. It's about the fan questions and the questions that they have. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Of course, this was for the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Uh, right now, I know the podcast is only available on Spotify, but hopefully by the time you're listening to this, if you're not listening to it the day it came out, we're on all the other uh, podcast networks we're just or podcast distributors we're just waiting for the approval we put the rs feed rrr rrs feed through the apple podcast and google podcast all those kind of places it just takes time uh that's it though we're done i'm finished i'm gone i hope you enjoyed till next time never forget you're all legit kid do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.